Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the New Realities of Cybersecurity podcast. My name is Ian Todd. I'm a data privacy and cybersecurity consultant here at PwC. Today I'm joined by Christian Arndt, Cybersecurity Director, to discuss CISOs of the future. The Chief Information Security Officer is responsible for multiple areas of an organization's security strategy, resilience and vision. Over the last five to ten years, the role has become increasingly complex with more responsibilities and demands placed on an individual and their team. Okay, Christian, well, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, I think today's podcast is really relevant to, to our industry at the moment, looking at Chief Information Security Officers, uh, CISO, so what this means historically, uh, and importantly, what this means in the future as well. So it'd be nice to maybe get an introduction from yourself, a little bit about what you've done, your experience, and, and where you are today. Cool, thank you very much. I'm a director in PwC's uh, cybersecurity team. Uh, I specialize in financial services. That means I work with some of our largest banking, insurance, asset management clients around the world. I've been doing uh, information security now for about 18 years. So from my very first job at a university. Uh, before PwC, I used to work for Barclays Bank as a head of security assurance. Before that, I worked for PwC, so I've come back twice. Uh, and before that, some of the largest telco companies in the world. I started off doing penetration testing at the very beginning of my career, so very deep and technical. And now I help clients with their target operating models and their strategies and work directly with most CISOs for our clients. Perfect. Uh, I think that's interesting because I think the role of the CISO has it's got so many different ways that we can look at this. People understand it from a technical point of view, can they pen test, can you do this kind of stuff, or is this about communicating issues of an organization to the, to the board or to the exec? So I guess, what do you see as a, a typical CISO? What, what do you see as that well, role? That's an interesting question, because I, I don't think there is a typical CISO. It really depends on the organization, right? And I think the role of the CISO depends depending on what level that person is in the organization, uh, whether the organization is global or local or more complicated or more simple, right? And that calls on different skills, whether it's just looking after simple IT security controls or actually managing a thousand people across a very large cybersecurity team. So just to kind of blanket everybody with a CISO title is quite difficult and quite complicated, right? But at the most basic level, it's the person effectively who has the buck stops for them if they lose data or they lose information. Uh, in an organization, it's their role to protect that organization and defend them and be able to respond to an attack. Yeah, and I, and I guess that role is constantly evolving. You talk about different businesses, different organizations, different focuses, but I assume the role itself is constantly evolving, I imagine. And that's something that we can maybe talk about the future vision of a CISO. But historically, where has the CISO role come from? Is this something that's appeared over the last 24 months, or is this something that we've seen for 15, 20 years? Historically, what's the, the, the feel around that? I would say I think the CISO role has slowly come around over maybe the, the last six or seven years. I think if you look back, there were people with that title, but very rare in the marketplace now. I think every client we work with is a recommendation. If you don't have a CISO, get one. Um, kind of a bit like my career, really, the, that role has kind of grown out of the technical. Right? So if you thought back you know, 20 years ago and you were building an IT network, um, you would have somebody helping you alongside technical teams make sure things were secure if you're a bank. Yeah. And that person was an architect, they were a designer, maybe they did security testing, and that's where the role started. So it was like a, an IT technical security manager, right? quite a technical person. But as we've driven ourselves into more digitization, as companies have put technology into everything, that role has now evolved because we've realized it's no longer a technical IT risk, it's now a business risk. Right. So at the same time, that team has got more focus, it's got more people, it's got more budget. 
So now what's have to happen is the person running that team has to be more senior. They have to be able to work higher up the organization. They're managing, you know, maybe a thousand people in very large investment banks, for example. And that means they have to have different skills. They can't just be that technical person. So the challenge is the role has changed and the person has to either go on a journey to move up that role or it's a different type of person coming into that role. Right. Yeah. Right. And I know you said that we go into organizations and we can um, advise them that they should have the CISO. Yeah. Are we seeing an appetite for this from the organization? Or do we see more and more organizations saying, yeah, we need somebody there. We need this leader, this figurehead. Are we seeing this now? Or is there still apprehension about hiring somebody in, in, in this kind of role? It's interesting. There's, there's always been a, a little bit of a challenge about making room effectively for someone at the, at the board level, because traditionally, there would have been somebody there, if you don't have that CISO role, who's doing that job, whether it's your CIO, your CEO, but someone's representing information security. So it's whether they feel comfortable in that role um, or they have enough knowledge to do that, right? Um, as we make directors in organizations more and more responsible for the activities of their company, I think we'll see more CISO roles appearing. Mm. I think if you take a survey of like the FTSE 100, I think last time we, we looked, it was about a year and a half ago, I think the last time we checked, but effectively all of the FTSE 100 is only like two or three that don't have a CISO right. with that title. So the role is very prevalent, right? Especially in the large global organizations. Um, when you go further down this FTSE 250, sometimes you get people with IT security manager and that those kind of titles. Um, but I think any organization that's global or large needs somebody with those skills. Right, that makes sense. And I, I'm thinking a chief information security officer. The officer, in my mind, would be kind of a director or somebody who's at that level. But where are we seeing CISOs lie in a company? I, I'm imagining it depends on, on the organization, but do they sit at the very top of the company or are they sitting a little bit further down? Where, where, traditionally, where have you seen this? This is quite it's a really topical question, actually. So we've been talking to clients uh, for the last two or three years specifically about where should the CISO report in your organization? And it's a bit of a maturity curve. So the least, I would say, immature organizations, right, would focus on technical controls, firefighting, uh, putting in the most basic security controls. And their CISO would tend to report, or maybe not being called that, maybe they're an IT security manager, mm. would report somewhere into IT, right? The next phase of the journey is if you become more, more mature and you focus more on risks, you become more about information risk, you're more doing risk management, uh, more focusing on controls, that role then moves a little bit and shifts maybe to reporting to a CIO, right? right? The most mature organizations have kind of worked out that information security is actually a business issue, right? It's not a technical issue, it's a business issue, and they're more aligned to the business. So what they then do with the CISO role is they make the CISO role report to the COO. So you're removing the role from IT. So you're putting them almost alongside. So you lose this almost conflict of interest you get when you have the CISO in IT, you get this conflict of interest where You've got one arm going, I need to build something from a technology point of view, I need to put it in. You've got budget challenges, but then you've got a security person going, well, you can't do that, you can't do that because that's too expensive or that's not secure. So you, you, if you're familiar with the three lines of defense type model. Can I explain that a little bit? So okay. So the three lines of defense model, for those who aren't familiar, has the concept where you've got a first line who actually defines type of controls or protecting the organization. The second line uh, provides assurance that those are happening and, and working correctly. And the third line provides assurance of the whole thing is normally your internal audit type right. concept, right? So your security uh, CISO traditionally would have set very much in that first line, protect, defend, create controls, you know, run security operations, where that second line was quite empty. 
And the most mature organizations, the CISO is moving more to that right-hand side, providing more assurance over what IT is doing in the security space. Right. You end up with some very complex hybrid models, because it's never that simple yeah. of 1.5 and things like that. But generally, that's the trend that CISO are moving up the organization. They're more business, they're more risk-focused, and they're providing more of an assurance role over IT. So if they do that, they need to sit outside of IT, and hence why reporting to the CIO mm. is probably the most mature place for CISOs to be nowadays. Okay, interesting. Um, I think you've touched upon it a little bit there, but what are the, the challenges that you're seeing for, for CISOs? What are the big, and I, again, I guess this goes back to the maturity of an organization, kind of uh, depends on what the challenges are going to be, but what are the, the large challenges you're seeing out there at the moment? I think there's, there's a lot of challenges, yeah. I think. Is, is, is the, the general trend, I think, is, first of all, in information security generally, there's a, a challenge around resources and people. Right, there's not enough skilled people in the marketplace. So whether it's us trying to hire people to help clients, or whether it's us advising clients uh, that they need to get more people and to get a CISO, that's easier said than done. Right, um, we've under-trained or under-resourced information security for many years now, and as it becomes a hot topic, we've realized there's a shortage. So you can join an organization as a CISO and get given quite a lot of money, You know, go and fix these problems, go and hire a bunch of people, and then the challenge comes of actually hiring those people right. to build your organization. So that, that's a really big challenge, I think, for CISOs. I think the complexity of the topic is, is something that uh, most people are really struggling to get their heads around, right? So even if I kind of reference myself, when I started information security 18 years ago, I could have been an, uh, almost an expert on everything, right? Because the topic was, was fairly narrow, right? There were only so many things. But now when you look at the, the, the topic, you have to be an expert in data protection, you have to be an expert in identity and access management, down to very technical controls or application building, how to manage very complex risks, how to report to the board, how to create MI, you know, so the role has just really exploded, hmm. right? So that isn't so much about being a CISO that knows everything. You've now got to build a team hmm. underneath you. You have that expertise that kind of helps you um, be successful, yeah. right? And if you take your traditional CISO who's grown up out of IT, they might not necessarily have those skills, right? To kind of build a team, uh, run a large organization, you know, report to the board. So there's a bit of a skill challenge there that they have to train up. They have to learn new things to kind of make themselves more business savvy right. and technical savvy. So that's why there's a bit of a change in the whole space around CSOs. And it seems like an individual who performs this role could quite quickly get engulfed by just the the mass of everything out there. Um, how how do you balance this as a CISO? How do you understand the, the data protection regulations and PCI regulations and your security controls and internal audit while trying to work with the business to articulate the, the risks that you have out there? I mean, this must be a very difficult balancing act, I imagine. Yeah, very difficult. But I think it's about having the right team and the right specialists to help you in your, in your uh, organization. It's about making sure that when you hire people, you're filling the gaps of knowledge that you don't have, admitting where you have a gap. Right. Um, it's also about having a good framework or strategy you can hang everything off, right? Uh, I think the, one of the bigger challenges is if you're throwing a bunch of money and you've got a big challenge ahead of you to fix a bunch of cybersecurity problems, you could just firefight left, right, and center, right? And it's about being a little bit more strategic, about working out, right, these are the most important things. These are the things I'm going to deal with first. These topics, I'm not an expert in, I'll get help on that. I'm being clear on a roadmap. And then once you've got something solid in place, whether it's a vision, a strategy, a roadmap, it's then being able to communicate that up 
right. to your stakeholders to say, I need funding for this, this is where I'm getting to, this is what I'm fixing. And then you've got to be able to communicate that down to your team to make sure that they're running in the same direction as you. Yeah. So it's any, it's, it's, the role has got a lot of leadership yeah. as part of it, when I would say it didn't traditionally have that. It, it sounds incredibly challenging. I mean, like you say, you have to have all this incredible security um, understanding whilst being a great leader, whilst being a fantastic communicator. Yep. And that's, uh, to, to find them individuals, I imagine it's a very difficult task for organizations. And to layer on top of that, one of the other challenges, if, I mean, if you read the newspaper on a daily basis, right, there's always a new cyber attack or right. a new issue, right? You could be the best CISO in the world, have a very strong program, but if someone's determined to attack you or get into you, you might be the next one standing on the news, right? Yeah. Defending yourself or defending your organization, right? So you've got a highly stressful job, right? It's quite complicated, but at the same time, you've got a, a growing threat environment yeah. that you're trying to kind of protect an organization from. So it definitely isn't an easy job. And I would say there's quite a lot of people who wouldn't be willing to sign up to it. Yeah, and, and, and so this feeds quite nicely into the, the next question, I guess, is how does the future look? So what, what do we expect to see from a future CISO? I know you've talked a bit about maybe having um, a team under them to help support them. We need someone who's a great communicator. We need someone who's got some technical background, some security. So how does the future look, do you think, maybe it's in five, 10 years time from now when we're going to see more regulations, we're going to see more use of digital um, out there. Everyone's going to be connected in some way. So how does that challenge continue and what do we expect to see in, in five years time or 10 years time? Yeah, I, I think the, the CISO is going to have to adapt kind of like kind of along the lines I was talking about becoming more business savvy and more aware of the organization building a team and be quite clear about their vision, right? I think if you're in a situation, an organization where you get attacked or you lose some data or something bad happens and you have a clear strategy in place, you're able to respond to it, you will survive, shall we say, right? No one's going to lambast you, right? If you're in a situation where you haven't got a clear plan and a clear strategy and that happens, you're going to be one of the first ones out the door, right? So it's being clear about that. So that's how CISOs are going to have to adapt. I think one of the things most recently you know that I think the biggest challenge is going to be about GDPR, yeah. right? So, so the General, the data. General data Protection Act, yeah. yeah. So if, as you're aware, if you lose data underneath that, right, there's potential 5% of global revenues, right? So if you're responsible for security controls over some data, that the company could lose 5% of global revenues, that could bring some organizations down, right? So all of a sudden, you've got a role that maybe wasn't super important, now is very important, strategic global risks and organizations. So a lot of focus on that role. So individuals doesn't have to change, become more business savvy, right? Yeah. I can see people who maybe have been technical before, doing MBAs, that kind of stuff, getting more risk knowledge, kind of moving up an organization, right? And as a younger or a more junior person who's starting their career as, you know, in the junior areas of their career right now within cyber, what would you, I guess, recommend to them? How would you see that, that their journey progressing? Do you think we should be looking at people focusing on something completely outside of cyber now? Do you go into maybe doing some kind of business analytics for a little while or do you do some kind of communications for a little while and come back to cyber? Do you know, how, how, would, you, how would you advise that journey for, for young Ooh. people? That's a difficult question, actually. I think it's down to an individual, right. really, um, to focus on their strengths, the things that they will be able to bring the role. As I said, it's the whole thing is about a team, 
Yeah. Right. So any leader, you know, needs to know what their strengths are and what they're able to bring to the role. Right. If they're a very strong technical person, then lean on that. If you're not so risk um, aware, bring in risk people to support you and have that right balance in your team. But that's about being a good leader and realizing what yeah. your strengths are and what aren't your strengths. Right. I would say that if someone was starting today in cybersecurity, they need to kind of one work out what they're interested in and follow that passion. Right. But by doing that, they also need to get as much exposure or breadth across information security to be able to work out what that is. Yeah. So in our graduate program, which I look after um, for us, um, I focus very much on trying to make sure that we rotate people around who are starting in our graduate program to get that exposure to as many topics as possible, right. to kind of see as much as, of information security as possible. So they can work out what really are they interested in, what are they really good at, what's the topic they want to excel at. Yes. And I think that's all about how you set someone up on a long career journey. Perfect. And I guess finally, um, I know we've talked a little bit about internally what we're doing at PwC, but what we're doing externally, what we're doing for our clients and what we're doing for organizations out there who need support and help with, with the CISO role. So there's quite a few things we do with clients. I mean, just broadly in kind of the advisory role we, we play in all the projects we work with clients, we work with CISOs in their role. We spend a lot of time, whether it's designing organizational structures or um, maybe coaching them in a, in a board presentation or maybe helping them with their MI and having those discussions. So helping them on that journey, right? Helping them with the gaps or the skills they don't know, which is generally what we do as an advisory business. I think what's more uh, maybe relevant or interesting is we actually um, second quite a few people to our clients to fill that CISO role. So where that, uh, when I mentioned the skills gap that exists and people can't find CISOs, they come to us and say, hey, would you be able to fill that gap for a couple of months? Right. So that's something we've done for quite a few clients over the last couple of years to fill that immediate gap. And then it's maybe plug the, the gap, fill the, fight the fires, it's come up with my strategy, help me recruit someone permanent, right? What's the roadmap be for the year? So when they land, we've got the funding already for them to go, right? Maybe do a bit of an overlap to kind of bring them up to speed and then maybe do a program for them or something like that. So that's something we've been doing with clients quite successfully over the last couple of years. And I imagine that's massively helpful because not only are we giving them some expertise in the short term, but like you say, we're paving the way for them long-term as well and supporting them. And then when, the, when their full-time CISO comes in, can we still be there to help them and, and provide support there as well? Yeah, I think that's always the idea is that we set up a program, bring a CISO in who to, who's going to run it or be involved in it, right? And then maybe we can either provide support to them as a long-going basis. I've actually done a role where I was um, coaching a, a new CISO in their role uh, who could come in um, wanted to know kind of everything that was happening in the organization, didn't have the time to do it, and kind of needed some more knowledge about broader background information security. And I spent uh, about nine months doing that kind of coaching role, you know, regular meetings and stuff like that. So that's something we can also do. Right. Perfect. So, Christian, that was really interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I think you had some really great information there, so we really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we'll be joined by Louise Taggart to look at the threats companies face from individuals, groups, and even states who are sponsoring and funding cyber attacks. Please remember to subscribe and review the podcast series.